Welcome to the Creepaway Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We're here every Wednesday with a new murder. This is your host, Caitlin Hedrick. Let's dig in. A week ago, the most prolific serial killer in the United States, Samuel Little, died. And this is his story. Samuel Little was born as Samuel McDowell on June 7, 1940, in Reynolds, Georgia. He claims that his mother was a teenage prostitute that abandoned him, but authorities believe that he was born while his mother was in prison. Little was raised in the custody of his grandmother in Lorraine, Ohio. Little was a high school dropout with an early criminal history. When he was 16 years old, Little was arrested for a burglary in Omaha and spent time in a youth facility. Between 1957 and 1975, Little was arrested 26 times in 11 states all over the country from California to Florida to Maryland. His crimes included shoplifting, assault, rape, DUI, assault of a police officer, theft, breaking and entering, fraud, and solicitation of a prostitute. In December of 1979, Little was convicted of assault and attempted rape of Pamela K. Smith in Sun Hills, Missouri. He was sentenced to three months in county jail. On September 12, 1982, the body of Patricia Ann Mount was found in Forest Grove, Florida. In October of 1982, the remains of Melinda LaPree were found in a cemetery in Gontier, Mississippi. LaPree had last been seen the month before in Pascagoula, getting into a paneled station wagon with Little, who was later identified by witnesses. While the police were investigating... Two prostitutes from Pascagoula came forward with allegations that Little had assaulted them in 1980 and 81. In November of 82, Little was arrested in Pascagoula for shoplifting, and police recognized him from the description by witnesses in the LaPree murder. Little was charged with the murder of LaPree and the assaults of the two prostitutes but the jury did not indict him. He was then extradited to Florida for the murder of Patricia M. Mount. In January of 1984, Little was acquitted of the Mount murder. In San Diego in October of 1984, Little was found by police officers with a woman who accused him of assaulting her. He was arrested and charged with the assault of that woman and a different one from September of 84. Little was tried for the attempted murder of both women, the jury deadlocked, and Little pled guilty of assault and false imprisonment, so he just served two and a half years. On February 1st of 1987, Little was paroled and moved to Los Angeles. On July 13th, of 1987, the body of Carol Alford was found in an alley in South Los Angeles. On August 14th of 89, 
Audrey Nelson's body was found in a trash bin in downtown L.A. On September 3rd of 89, Guadalupe Apodaca was found dead in an abandoned commercial garage in South L.A. Between 1990 and 2006, Little had arrests in seven different states for many different charges, including DUI, theft, burglary, larceny, and shoplifting. May through August of 2007, Little was convicted of cocaine possession in L.A. and was sentenced to a drug diversion program. Little did not show up to mandatory court hearing to discuss his progress, so the judge issued a warrant for his arrest, but this warrant was non-extraditable, which is important. Between 2007 and 2012, Little came into contact with the police several times, and they saw the warrant was on his record, but because it was non-extraditable, they had to let him go. In April of 2012, LAPD detective Mitzi Roberts matched the DNA from the Nelson and Apodaca murders and then got a match on the nationwide database to Samuel Little. On September 5, 2012, police in Louisiana traced an ATM purchase by Little to a mini-mart in Louisville, Kentucky. Little was then found at a shelter nearby. In November 2012, Little was sentenced to three years in California because of this outstanding narcotics charge. His incarceration allowed Detective Roberts to build a murder case against him. They were able to get a third DNA match on Little for the Alford case. January of 2013, Samuel Little was charged with three counts of murder. In 2014, Little was convicted of the murders of Carol Alford, Guadalupe Apodaca, and Audrey Nelson. He was sentenced to life in prison without parole. After his conviction, the FBI entered Little's information into the VICAP, the Violent Criminal Apprehension Program, and found links between his movements over the years to unsolved cases across 19 states. In 2018, Texas Ranger James Holland visited Little to see if he could connect Little to a 1994 cold case murder of prostitute Denise Brothers in Odessa, Texas. Little gave information in exchange for transferring out of the L.A. County prison. He confessed to the brothers' murder and to many, many more. Little liked Holland and started confessing to a multitude of crimes. Holland found out that Little had a talent for drawing, so he gave Little some art supplies and Little began to draw his victims. Although his memory is not perfect on all the details, Little remembers where he was and what car he was driving. He draws pictures of many of the women he killed, according to the FBI. Little said on 60 Minutes, when asked why he confessed to the murders, he said, probably be numerous people who are being convicted and sent to penitentiary on my behalf. I say if I can help somebody get out of jail, 
you know, God might smile on me a little more. Little told the New York Magazine, I live in my mind with my babies, which is what he calls his victims, in my drawings. The only thing I was ever good at was drawing and fighting. Little confessed to 93 murders between 1970 and 2005. He usually started by knocking out his victims by punching them multiple times and then strangling them to death. According to the police reports, he punched one of his victims so hard in the stomach that he broke her spine. The LAPD nicknamed him the Stroke and Choke Killer because he masturbated while strangling his victims. He got sexual gratification from the strangulation. Little says that at times he believed he was commissioned by God to alleviate the misery of his victims, while at other times he thought he was possessed by the devil. Little says that he believed he got away with the killing for so long because he targeted people on the fringes of society who he believed the police would not would give up looking for. He said they was broke and homeless and they walked right into my spider web. I don't think there was another person that did what I like to do. I think I'm the only one in the world. That's not an honor. That's a curse. He told New York Times, I never killed no senators or governors or fancy New York journalists. Nothing like that. I stayed in the ghettos. On December 30th, 2020, just seven days ago, Little died in prison. The ball was dropped so hard by so many over the course of decades. Samuel Little should have been stopped countless times for countless crimes. He was given leeway time and time again for absolutely no reason. Little once said that he had no need to fear God. He said God made him that way, so why should he ask for forgiveness? He said God knew everything he did. Isn't it interesting that now Little has met his maker? And I can only imagine that that meeting was greatly different than what he has anticipated. If you go on the FBI website, Samuel Little has multiple interviews that you can see there. And you can check out the interviews and see if any of the unsolved ones are related to a crime that you know of or someone that you know that went missing. This is the FBI's way of solving cases that have gone unsolved for decades. And through this process, there have been numerous cases of Samuel Littles that have been solved and Many families have found comfort in the fact that they now know what happened to their missing loved one. It is 
interesting to watch those interviews, and I actually do recommend it. Um, he he gives you a lot of information about each of his victims, and you can also go and see all of the drawings that he has done of his victims. They're definitely worth seeing and worth watching. It's interesting because he gives you details, but he he seems to care so little about what he has done. He cares so little about the fact that he has snuffed out so many lives. And if you look at some of the interviews that detectives have given, they say that they have never met evil so obviously as they have in Samuel Little. I find his cases very fascinating that someone could kill so many people and get away with it for so many decades. And it's not like the police didn't know he was there and he was committing crimes. They just... He almost never got put behind bars. He was only put behind bars a handful of times and not for very long until he was finally caught for the L.A. murders. And then he didn't spend that many years behind bars because he died within a decade of finally being put away for some of the murders that he's committed. I think that the reason that he was not put to death for his crimes in Texas is because they were using him to find solace for the families of those victims of his. And there is some gratification in that and some understanding that they didn't continue to convict him for these crimes because they wanted the information to be able to give to the families. And I can understand that. I can stand behind that for sure. I just think it's so sad that so many women died because he was allowed to be free. Regardless of the fact that he had committed crimes over and over and over again and had been arrested over and over and over again. He still was allowed to be free. And if somebody had just put him behind bars back in the 70s, if he had been convicted of one of those murders back then, then he would not have been able to kill as many people as he did. It's just truly a tragedy. It's, it just is. It is a tragedy of the justice system. That this man was not caught before he was. But I recommend you going and looking at his interviews. He talks so nonchalantly about killing these women. And check out some of the portraits that he's done of the women he killed. Most of them were prostitutes. And the portraits are very good. Very good. And quite detailed in a lot of cases. But yeah, I recommend going and looking at all that. And if you know anybody or know of anybody who was killed or 
had gone missing during the time period when he was active, which was 1970 to 2005. I definitely recommend going and looking up and seeing if that person matches any of the victims that have not been identified yet. He didn't necessarily know all the names, but he did remember the faces and that's just crazy it really is it's interesting to me that he was active for so long and over the span of so much of the country but I do think that that's part of the reason that he was never caught because he kept moving the whole time And that'll keep you from getting caught for sure. And he is definitely a case for psychologists to study. And I really think that he got off easy because he only had a few years in prison right there at the end. But anyway, that is the story of Samuel Little. I recommend you look into how many people he has killed. Because it is, it's fascinating. And a lot of them, about about half of them, they have matched up with murders. But there's still quite a few out there that they have not matched up with missing persons or murders that have taken place. Which is really sad. That's quite a few people who nobody looked for. And that's the story. The sad, sad story. Of 93 victims that Samuel Little killed. Thank you for listening to the Creep Away Podcast. We're here every Wednesday with a new murder for you. Have a great week.